All right. Hello, Adam Zward family. Excited to start a new podcast. Today I'm sitting in the kitchen with Sister Diane Kipp. Today is March 30th, and I've known Diane for over 20 years, and part of those years we were neighbors. So now that we're not neighbors, she's the neighbor of my heart, and I am the neighbor of her heart. So I feel really grateful to be here and to hear her story because she's got a good one. So Sister Kip, why don't you start with the highlights of your childhood, where you grew up and so forth. All right, I was born in Stockton, California and didn't live there long. Um, San Jose, California, the first 11 years. And then we moved to Richland, Washington when my parents separated. So I went to junior high and high school in Richland. Uh, I'm the oldest of five kids. And there was quite an age gap, age gap between me and my next sibling. And so it was me and then two and then two. I was always kind of jealous that my siblings had a friend who was a sibling and I didn't. However, when we all grew up, we all became very close. And so I have a wonderful relationship with my siblings and my nieces and nephews. Um, and one of my sisters died nine years ago, but the other four, the other three are still living. More about my childhood? Sure. Um, my happy childhood was the books I read. And uh, obviously I had other good experiences too, but that was the best part of my childhood. My father had mental health issues. Um, you know, diagnosing in retrospect, which you're not supposed to do, but... Uh, possibly borderline personality disorder, narcissism, high-functioning autism, things like that. So life was challenging with him. I had a very loving mother who was always there and always listened to me um, talk on and on and on and on, especially during my teen years. <laughs> so my parents separated. We left uh, when I was 11. Uh, my mother took the five children and we moved to her parents in Richland, Washington. And a couple of years later, my mother married a very wonderful man, my stepfather, who gave our family a lot of stability. And um, he died when I was oh, in my 30s, but um, they had a good marriage. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us about your education. Um, yeah, you know I didn't really have a profession. You, <laughs> I'm not sure that you'll learn anything about me today. You probably know it all already. But, yeah, I was very ambitious for education. I was not ambitious for work. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really wanted to go to college, wanted to go to BYU, which I did. I was an English major. And I felt like it was a big achievement for me to graduate. Um, but professionally, uh, I wanted to be a homemaker, a stay-at-home mom, and I did get to be that, which I was grateful for. Um, I wanted to be that at first for my children when they were young, I wanted to be there. But later, you know, I realized I just would be kind of overwhelmed if I took on anything more. And I've always kind of envied people that were able to work and raise kids, but um, it didn't work out for me. Uh, especially, you know, as our boys had disabilities and for a while I was helping take care of my mother, things like that. So tell us, tell our listeners, how many children do you have? Uh, four children, two boys, two girls. Um, and as it turned out, both the boys are on the autism spectrum. 
Daniel, um, he was not diagnosed until he was in his teens, unfortunately for him, because um, Jeff and I tried all the traditional, conventional wisdom, best we knew ways to raise him, which turned out to be completely wrong for somebody with autism. You know, all we could say was, he's so smart, he should be able to do anything. But he couldn't, of course. Um, he has what for a while was known as Asperger's, but we don't use that term anymore, just high-functioning autism. And um, Ryan has both autism and an intellectual disability. Mm. So, yeah, that came with a lot of challenges. Challenges for us as parents, much bigger challenges for the boys themselves. So you had the two boys first. Two boys first and then the two girls. And tell us, where are your children? Well, let's see, Daniel lives here in Spokane, and um, Mallory lives in South Carolina with my only three grandchildren. And Ryan lives here with us, and Laura lives uh, in the Seattle area. She works over there, and is very happy living in Seattle. That's great. So we know that you are married to the wonderful Jeff Kipp. Yes. So tell us about how that came to be. Well, I graduated from BYU in December of 1975, which to a listener now is going to sound so ancient, and it does to me too. <laughs> but... Um, Meanwhile, in about about the same time, Jeff moved from Wisconsin, where he had grown up, to Richland. And after I graduated, I went home to live with my parents and siblings and uh, lived at home and uh, worked so I could pay off my school loans. So we met at Exxon Nuclear, if you know anything about um, the Hanford Nuclear Reservation outside of Richland. That's where we worked, and we started dating in February of 1976, shortly after we met, and uh, then Jeff joined the church in April of 76. We got engaged the next January and married in May of 1977, and uh, Jeff had already completed technical school, but after we got married, he started his bachelor's degree at first at Rick's and then at BYU. So did you actually, did you move to Rexburg? Did you? Guys, yeah. Okay. After we got married, we moved to Rexburg. We were there for a year and then we moved down to Provo. To Provo. Yeah. And is that when you had your children when you were in Provo? Yes. Okay. Well, the well, actually only one was born in Provo, but that, that is where we got started. All right. So once he was employed, where did that take you? Well, when he graduated from BYU, his first job was ISC Systems out in, um, well, they were in Spokane Valley and then in Liberty Lake. I don't know if that will ring a bell for any of the old timers, but he worked there several years um, and then various other jobs. Um, but we lived in Green Acres in the 80s and then we moved to Vancouver, Washington. Jeff worked for Hewlett Packard. For about 12 years and so we lived in Vancouver for 10 years and we lived in Barcelona Spain for two years in the 90s why Spain Hewlett-Packard had a site in Barcelona okay and they wanted Jeff to go work over there so that was an adventure especially taking a child with a disability to go live wow. in a foreign country but um, yeah. so how's your Spanish did you learn 
I, well, I took lessons. I had a teacher. <laughs> I learned a little bit. I was even a counselor in the um, branch Relief Society presidency. But, you know, I depended a lot on the kindness of uh, the Spanish-speaking members in the ward, and they were very kind. But uh, my Spanish was not what I would have liked it to have been, but I still do Duolingo. And, oh, great. Yeah. What did you love about Spain? Oh, Barcelona is just a wonderful city. If anybody's ever thinking about going there, just go. Um, I had always wanted to live in Europe, mm -hmm. not in Spain. That wouldn't have been my first choice, but as it turned out, I loved it. And we got to travel around a lot. Um, the kids went to an American school, but they... Um, you know, most of the students were Spanish, so they had a lot of Spanish exposure, exposure into classes. And uh, I don't know, we just, it was a wonderful time and it was a really hard time too. Um, mostly because like I said, having a child with a disability there. But although even that, we had some great experiences. There was a young woman who offered to be Ryan's individual primary teacher at church and, um, we had a tutor for him who was wonderful, but uh, we knew great people. We loved our ward. Well, it was a branch that then became a ward. Just missed them desperately when we moved back here, but um, we met great people and saw wonderful things and thoroughly enjoyed it, but, yeah. And do any of your children speak Spanish then? Mallory does. Okay. Um, she does pretty well. Uh, I don't think, I'm not sure if Laura retained much because she was so young yeah. when we were there. But um, I don't think the boys, you know, they have a little bit here and there. But So after Spain, it brought you back to here, Spokane? No, we went oh. back to Vancouver, our same house and everything. Oh, wow. But eventually, well, you know, we loved Spokane and we loved Vancouver. And I have had siblings in both places. But I always told Jeff, I won't move back to Spokane because in Vancouver, we're so close to a temple, the Portland mm -hmm. Temple. But I said, if they ever build a temple in Spokane, and then we heard the announcement. And shortly after that, um, well, for much of his career, Jeff traveled a lot, which was really hard, traveled for work. So anyway, he got a job offer from a company in Spokane that we thought would not involve much travel. So we moved here because there was a temple and, you know, we have been very happy here. He almost immediately started traveling again. For oh. So that wasn't what we had hoped it would be, but. So that last move was this move to this house? Yes. When you built this house? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The last move was to here and we've been remarkably stable since then. <laughs> It's a great place to be stable. It sure is. We love it here. That's wonderful. So um, tell us then, what are some of the turning points that happened in your life? Well, I've been thinking about that. Um, one was when we left my father, um, mm -hmm. as I've already alluded to, you know, it, it was just hard being raised by somebody with his, he was emotionally abusive and um, graduating from BYU and of course marrying Jeff and I just look at it as here's this wonderful person who 
wants to spend his life with me. How cool is that? I mean, that's, you know, that's a big honor. Um, and then having children, of course, with disabilities, finding about, out about that. And then another one for me was uh, I was attending Daniel's psychiatrist appointments with him. He was seeing a psychiatrist mostly for to find the right medication to help him. And this particular doctor liked a parent to attend the um, sessions to give another perspective. And so we'd been seeing this man for quite a few sessions. And I forget how it came up once, but the doctor said to me, well, you know, I suspect you have ADD too. I said, really? Never suspected that. But he said, would you like to be tested? I said, yeah. So I was tested. I was diagnosed. And boy, did it ever explain a lot. Um, The more I found out about it. And some people don't like to be diagnosed, but I was very happy because it some of the things I struggled with, I found out there was a reason. I wasn't just a big old loser, you know. Mm. I, there, were, there were legitimate reasons for some of my issues. So that was. Then I would have to say my other, I know you said two or three. Oh, you're correct. <laughs> um, my girls serving missions. That was really cool. Not turning points, but just really cool experiences for us. Becoming a grandmother. I had to wait till I was in my 60s to do that. But that has been such a wonderful experience. And then the last one so far, Jeff's retirement. (laughs) It's been wonderful. Life has become so good, um, partly because he took over. You know, I used to do all of Ryan's care and Jeff helped. And he was a wonderful helper and always willing. But now... He does all Ryan's care, and I help. Oh, wow. And that's just really changed my life for the better. And plus, Jeff and I have so much more time together now. We're both still very busy, um, but we still have more time together than... When we were raising kids, I'm sure a lot of people could relate to this. It's like you just live parallel lives, mm-hmm. and you're just doing the best you can to do all the things you have to do. And... Uh, but anyway, so I enjoy Jeff's retirement. That's great. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. Because we haven't really talked about that. <laughs> so that's that's something new for me. Good. <clears throat> and I, I know that you've been such an advocate for your boys constantly yeah. trying to find them jobs or right. do, doing whatever you can. You have been a vigilant mother for their in their behalf. So for Jeff to take that on is yeah. So freeing for you. Wow. It is. And he Jeff does a beautiful job. And it's like a 20-hour yeah. a week job minimum to the time he puts in. A lot of it is hidden work. Nobody knows. And it isn't that Ryan himself takes up so much time. It's the paperwork and the bureaucracy and the appointments and the, the benefits that he gets, you know, the accountability and all that. Great. Well, that's, those are some great turning points. So here, let's turn to the gospel of Jesus Christ. How did you gain a testimony of our Savior, Diane? Well, I thought a lot about that, too. Um, I'm one of those people that it was a very gradual process. I can remember being very young, sitting in church, thinking, do I have a testimony? Do I believe? And I've asked that question off and on throughout my life, and... So I've always had quest I've often had questions, but I have always, always believed. And by nature I'm a little bit of a skeptical person. I question everything. And so um 
I'm not a person who just believes lightly. I feel like I have very good reason for what I believe. And I do feel like I have a strong testimony. And whenever questions arise, doubts arrive, because, you know, I'm living by faith, like everybody, like most other people, um, I think it through and I always come back to, yes, I do. I, I do have a testimony. I do believe what I believe. That's great. So it was a line upon line. There wasn't a, a moment where you went, this is, this is it. Exactly. Very much. So yeah. were your, your parents members of the church? Well, that's kind of interesting. Yes, my mother was raised a member. Her dad was a bishop and well, things like that. My father was not a member. He was raised Episcopalian. Um, and I believe he was very, when they got married, he was very much against the church. He did not want my mother to go to church, but he often worked on Sunday. So she would sneak off to church and take me. <laughs> and, um, but then when I was six, he joined the church. Oh. And so it's very interesting to me that a man who had so many issues and I feel actually misinterpreted the gospel in some pretty profound ways. Still, I can honestly say he did have a testimony. Hmm. And he always kept that testimony. Um, maybe not the same testimony I have, but he was a very intellectual man, um, loved classical music and uh, loved the gospel and was a real gospel scholar, extremely well-read. He was the type of man who would find errors in the scriptures and call somebody in Salt Lake and say, there's a typo here, or there's, <laughs> there, uh, this footnote is wrong. And sometimes he was right, I think. But wow. anyway. That was your father. That was my <clears throat> father, and my mother was always an active member. My stepfather was not a member of the church. Like I said, he was a wonderful man. But, um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So what has nurtured your testimony over the years then to keep it going bright? Well, again, just little by little, um, I am not the scriptorian I should be or the gospel scholar I should be, but I have always read and have always studied um, in my limited way. But um, it's just, uh, you know, I've said this before in testimony meetings, so this is just repeating myself for anybody that was there, but I have such a strong testimony of prayer. It's just amazing to me that we can speak to the Lord, to Heavenly Father, anytime we want to. I mean, I can't get a hold of my doctor, you know, anytime <laughs> I want to. And when he was working, I couldn't even necessarily get a hold of my husband. But um, we can anytime. And when your kids grow up and you can't do things for them anymore, you can always pray for them. And to me, that is just such a blessing. Anybody that you know that has something going on in their life, you can pray for them. And even if there's no other way to serve them, you can do that. And I also have such a testimony of the huge advantage we have in the church of being taught truth. You know, General Conference this weekend, we get to listen to these amazing people that are not only scholars and have huge amounts of experience, but they have deep, profound testimonies. And I just think it's an incredible um, blessing. It is. Yeah, what a treat for us this week. Yeah. 
So before we wrap up then, Diana, is there something that you feel like we've missed out or something you want to share? Um, I'm grateful for the gospel perspective, having a child with a disability. You know, you can't be a member of this church and not know that um, your intellectual capacity or any other capacity you have is irrelevant to the Lord. He loves all his children the same. So I'm, I'm grateful that I've had that the whole time I've been raising a son with an intellectual disability and, and knowing that we will all be resurrected and the trials we have on earth will, you know, the, the mortal things will be healed and taken away. Um, as far as being a follower of Christ, I think that wait a minute oh, Diane I, I jumped ahead Sorry. what does it mean to, <laughs> our final question oh so I have to be quiet after no. I answer that no you don't <laughs> but I thought since we're going to end and we're going to wrap this up and, uh, yeah. and we're going to do it by asking you what does it mean to you to be a follower of Christ um to me it <laughs> means and I've heard so many good answers in these podcasts which by the way I love these podcasts um, but to me, it means knowing Christ well enough to love him. Mm-hmm. And if we love him, we show him that we love him by serving others, which I think is the most amazing magic formula that ever was. And so that kind of sums it up for me. And all the other thing, all the other cool things everybody else has said, those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we keep layering it on. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's like yeah. we're building a Jenga tower. Exactly. So way to go, Adam yeah. Zward. No, but I love how you said it's the magic formula. Yeah, it just seems like that. What could be more beautiful or perfect than that? To love God by serving others. All right. Well, Diane, thanks so much. My pleasure. I I learned some things. I'm surprised. We've known each other so long and talked so much. So much, yes. She's an angel. So, All right. Thanks so much.